Graham Reed posted a rant on LinkedIn last week about a topic that I thought was worth an episode. He said, I am so tired of this elitism proliferating through some ranks of product management right now. If you are not X, then you're falling behind. If you don't do X, then are you even a product manager? Here's a list of 20 responsibilities of top PMs. If you are not doing them all perfectly, then you are not a top PM. Consider a different career. And I'm still speaking in Graham's voice. And my current favorite, I saw in a job spec again today, must have worked at a FANG company. FANG meaning Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, or Google, of course. An, an old acronym, no longer accurate. Anyway, why? What does this prove? Now, this is back to me. It's almost a fundamental rule of product management that there are actually no rules. Most product managers are unicorns, which is what preps us for the wide range of stuff we have to deal with. Now, did you work in retail? You might make a great product manager, as someone who commented on that post said. Are you a product owner who used to be a business analyst? You might make a great product manager. And in fact, we all know lots of people who've made that transition. Are you an art history major who dabbled in web design? You might make a great product manager. There are so many examples. A person who liked my comment on Graham's post got her degree in children's literature, then was a chef, and now is a product manager. Hi, this is Nels Davis, and you're listening to episode 153 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast. This podcast is for product managers, product marketers, leaders, anyone who wants to make a difference in the world by creating great products and bringing them to market. This episode is sponsored by my free semi-weekly product manager meetup, which happens every other Friday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time. If you'd like to join, go to the sign-up page at secretsofpm.com meetup and get on the notification list, and I'll send you an email whenever we have one scheduled. I'd love to have you join. And in fact, you're going to hear a little bit from some of the conversations that we had in the most recent Secrets of PM meetup. Now, as I discussed in episode 136 of this, of this podcast, Increasing Your Luck Surface Area, if you hang around with people who are positive and supportive and always looking out for one another and open to new experiences, then you are more likely to perceive the world as full of opportunities and to be able to take advantage of them. That is to increase your luck surface area. And this meetup is a great opportunity for you to start surrounding yourself with these kinds of folks. Again, that's secretsofpm.com slash meetup. Hope you can join us. Now, not a week before Graham's post, Greg Prickroll, who was a former guest on this podcast and a good friend of mine, had posted something similar. He said, there is an avalanche of information, most of it poorly considered and designed to get eyeballs slash clicks rather than enlighten. I read this today. There is no such thing as going from business analyst to product owner to product manager. While I hesitate, Greg continues, to directly address such balderdash, I'm concerned that people who want a career as a product manager will be discouraged by this nonsense. Here's a few points. These adjacent roles share a large common foundation, although they're clearly different. The statement is demonstrably wrong. People successfully move between these roles all the time. I've coached many of them. You can too. And the order of progression makes perfect sense, especially for people who haven't started their career in tech. And again, that was Greg's comment. Now, the fact that product management has become the role du jour, as it should always be anyway, it means that there will be lots of bad takes. And Greg just pointed out that there are a lot of bad takes going on. But if you would make a great product manager, you'd better have an excellent bullshit detector 
maybe we should think of all this product management disinformation as a weeding out mechanism, especially a statement like you cannot go business analyst to product owner to product manager, which is so obviously dominant's face, not to mention that most of us know people who have had that exact path. If you don't immediately discount the claim, maybe that's the test that you're not cut out for product manager. I don't know, maybe that's a little bit harsh, but I think as product managers, that should be one of our goals is to be able to look at something like that and say, oh, that's garbage. Just like we have to say sometimes to our customers, that thing you asked us for, that feature, that's a dumb idea. Obviously, we need to be nicer when we say it than saying it's a dumb idea. But we can't just say, oh, because our customer said it, it's a good idea. It's often, often not. And that's actually part of our job. So as you know, and I mentioned it already, I host this bi-weekly product management meetup. And in our last meeting, I asked people about this topic, about the gatekeeping. If you don't have this skill or experience, you can't be a product manager, stuff like that. The folks who come to my meetup run the gamut from non-technical to technical, and I wanted to get their insights. So here's a few comments that I got. So one person said, so I've worked with a lot of much more technical product managers, and personally, I think a lot of their technical skills hurt the art of product management. They dug too deep into the engineering, and a lot of their engineering teams were very disempowered and came to them for almost every decision. So that's a case where being too technical is really a handicap. Now, my ob observation of that was that definitely not having the technical background can be a handicap for those who don't have it. But it often means we got into product management because of other reasons, which tend to be really valuable. Those are things like our communication skills, our empathy, our ability to persuade, all the soft skills, things like that. Another participant in the meetup said, responding to an earlier point, if you are technical, joining a company with a complex product, you have a leg up, potentially. It's an option for being effective quickly if you can do it. But what about people who don't have that technical expertise? What do they do in that situation when they're new to a team like that? You know, there's another way you're going to have to go about it if you can't do that. And that was his experience joining the particular company he works for as he didn't have that technical background. And all of a sudden he was the product manager for backend APIs. So he just had to go about it a different way. Your background will definitely shape your approach to joining a team and establishing trust. But just because you don't have a technical background doesn't mean you can't establish that trust. But you might be thinking, what about that job description? The job description says you have to have all this technical background and blah, blah, blah. And the way that I think about this, the job description is really for the unicorn candidate, a mythical beast. Now, I often talk about product managers as being unicorns. That's in the sense that we're quite different from most other folks in the company. But in this sense of the unicorn, I'm meaning it's a mythical beast, doesn't really exist in reality. The likelihood is that some of the requirements are less required than others. In fact, probably most of them are not really required. But especially the sort of pro forma ones or the made up ones, like five years of experience with ChatGPT. Ridiculous on the face of it because ChatGPT has only been out about a year. And hopefully, you have differentiators that still make you a better choice than some person who happens to have all those criteria, who happens to meet all those criteria. And if you get a chance to articulate those to the hiring manager, they might say, this person is just who we need. And so that's why, I, what the way that I tend to think about these job listings. Of course, that's not going to happen every time. A lot of times you are going to get disqualified because of something that is on the job listing. And you can't do much about that. But you also can't 
do anything about it from the standpoint of your own skills. If you don't have five years of experience uh, as a programmer, you just don't have it. Your goal then is to use your persuasion skills and your communication skills and your empathy skills to convince the hiring manager that you're still a really good choice for the need that he or she has. So what are the qualifications of a good product manager? And I've talked about this before. I've got a couple podcasts where I talk about the characteristics of good product managers, but they're not really requirements. Now, the college that I went to, it's a well-known top-tier liberal arts school, is fairly unique in that it doesn't have a strict it doesn't have strict entrance requirements. You don't have to have taken four years of a foreign language in high school, although they recommend it, or have had math up to trigonometry, although again, they recommend it. Most of the peer colleges do have entrance requirements, and they are likely to reject you if you haven't fulfilled them in high school. But if you haven't fulfilled the recommended ones at my college, you might still get accepted. In fact, I did, because I didn't have four years of a foreign language. Well, I would say product management is more like my college than those others. There are desires, and the job description probably lists those out, but they aren't really qualifications because the gist of what makes someone a good product manager or a good product manager candidate are extremely hard to capture concretely in a job listing. You know, not that there aren't qualifications. Of course there are, but they're squishy and soft. And even though companies try to capture them in their job descriptions, they can't. Like influence. Being an influential person, being able to persuade people, that's highly valuable for product managers. But there's no required experience that a hiring manager can put on the job description that will guarantee a candidate who has that quality. You know, even as concrete a skill as communication is ephemeral at the level you must have it to be an effective product manager where it's not really just communication, but persuasion and all that kind of stuff. Now, you sometimes can see a hint of it in how well a candidate can communicate by looking at a writing sample, obviously by talking to them as well, or by looking at their cover letter, or even better, their LinkedIn posts or other online writing. But even then, you can't know for sure until they kind of are actually in the driver's seat. So what are the qualifications to be a good product manager? I've listed out a few of them. There's some soft skills like communication and persuasion, empathy, taking responsibility, decision-making, mental flexibility, not having been a developer for five years. And you can get those in a lot of ways. And arguably, a technical job, a development job, is actually not a good way to build and strengthen those critical characteristics like empathy and communication and persuasion. You know, we're unicorns, and that's one of our biggest advantages. Now, ideally, you do have or can build some technical credibility. You need to be able to contribute to the discussion to be sure the argument logically holds together. You need to have a high-level understanding of the architectural issues and issues like performance optimization, just to name a few. So technical credibility is important, and you, you may have to build it. You may not come in with everything you need. But you don't have to be a developer to understand that. In fact, lots of developers don't have the level of technical insight that a product manager should have, which is a, say, 10,000-foot level, but very complete and very flexible view of the technology. I don't know if flexible is not the right word, but I couldn't think of the right word. But it's equally important. One thing that is not something you naturally are going to get as a developer is an empathy for other developers and how they think. You'll obviously have empathy for yourself, but can you extend that to the empathy for other developers? Well, that's something that product managers do have to do. We have to think about how our engineers are responding to the things we ask for, to the things they're building, stuff like that. So that's a lot of different things. 
let's talk about three things you can start doing today to put some of these ideas into practice. Well, one is definitely to think about and then possibly write about and polish the story about what your previous non-technical experience or background has enabled you to bring to product management. This is an exercise that we all should do. I should even do this. So that's the first thing. Another thing you can do is start leaning into the fact that you got into product via a non-technical role and how there are pluses and minuses of that, just as there are pluses and minuses for getting into product management from a technical role. Now, obviously that point was addressed to people that got into product management from a non-technical role, but you can flip that around. If you got into it from a technical role, it might be good to think about two things. One is, what are the things that your technical background has actually really contributed? What are some things that maybe your technical background didn't give you that you had to add on later? And both of those questions are pretty interesting for whoever it is, whatever your background. Now, the final thing is part of the goal of Graham's article and Greg's article was to say, look, product management is a pretty wide open space. It's should be open to lots of people. We shouldn't have all these gatekeepers. There shouldn't be these rules that people say, well, you must be a have worked at FANG to be considered for this product management position, whatever it might be. So I would say, and I try to do this, you should consider yourself an ambassador for product management, but for people who are unicorns, not people who fit some specific model or template. This is the reality of how product management really is in the real world, and we want to promote that. And in particular, we want the doors to be open to people who will be great product managers, no matter what their background. Instead of being gatekeepers, we need to be gate openers and inviters in. Not with simple promises, but with the openness that if someone is a unicorn of the right sort, then they should consider moving into product management if they feel something is missing from their career. So in that episode, just a quick overview of the whole gatekeeping issue and why it seems so wrong to a lot of us, Graham Reed, my friend Greg Prickrell, and of course me, and what we can, how we should think about product management instead. This doesn't help people who are non-technical get jobs. I mean, there's still that challenge because the qualifications are always on that job listing. But I think it maybe can give you some ideas of at least how to think about yourself and potentially how to think about positioning yourself, even if you're not technical. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. As always, I write the show notes to be a resource for you to take action on the ideas in the episode, and you should go to the show notes at secretsofpm.com slash 153. You can drop a comment on the show page there if you have comments or complaints on this episode or insights or any other episode. I'm also on Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm Nils Davis on both. Feel free to follow and or connect with me on either platform. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast in your player of choice if you haven't. And don't forget about the meetup, secretsofpm.com slash meetup to get on the mailing list. And please share the episode with your friends and or enemies, depending upon how you felt about it. Until next time, this is Nels Davis. Bye-bye.